It's Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty from the Armstrong and Getty Show. There are some really good people, our injured military men and women, who really need our help. Our Warrior Foundation Freedom Station fundraiser aims to do that. Please go to armstrongandgettyradio.com to make a donation right now. to the Armstrong and Getty Show, a day where we're doing good, in addition to making jokes about the world, uh, trying to raise money for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Well, you're, you're raising the money, and we were just telling you about a great organization, and you're uh, donating the money, so it's all on you that we've, we're at like a quarter of a million dollars for the week, we're hoping to hit $300,000 by the end of the show, which is a lot of money in one week. For a lot of you, this is a brand new organization we've been explaining to you, so we're pretty happy with how it's gone. Right, and I hope we're doing a reasonably good job uh, in explaining it to you, because the more you know, the more moved, the more inspired and enthusiastic you'll be about Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, because it is helping our guys, our gals, our, our service members, our veterans, exactly when they need it the most and in incredibly effective ways. So if, if you haven't given yet, go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. Um, we have a very special guest now. Uh, Jim Bedinger was a, uh, was a naval officer for many years, served with great distinction. A Legion of Merit with Valor, among other things. He was also uh, forced to bail out over Laos, if I'm uh, correct, um, and uh, and served as a POW for a number of years uh, with John McCain. Jim, was that literally in the same place with John and at the same time? Yes. In my first year, I was at what they called the main prison of Wallow, and uh, we had a small section of that prison in the corner, which we called <clears throat> Little Vegas, because the first guys that were kept there were from the Air Force, so there was the Golden Nugget, the Thunderbird, the Mint, so all the old casinos at Las Vegas, that's what each of the compounds. Wow. And when I was put in on Christmas Eve of 1969. How old were you? <clears throat> 23. 23. Uh, so in any case, when I was put into the prison system, I was kept in solitary confinement and went through a series of interrogations. And then when they brought me on Christmas Eve, they, they brought this fellow into the, the Christmas room whose name was Ernie Brace. And I learned an awful lot from Ernie, and we were trying to talk all night long. And every uh, half an hour, we could tell it was a half an hour across the way the bells in the cathedral you could hear. And it gets quiet around 11 o'clock in Hanoi, even today. So in any case, we could hear the bell, so I knew exactly what time it is. And every half an hour on the uh, half an hour an hour, this fellow from on the left of us kept asking, what's the sports page? you got to go to the sports page. The lights are on in the inside and never go out. The guards are on the outside. So when it's dark and you're doing something you shouldn't be doing at night, they can see you right away. So Ernie was uh, worried that we were going to get caught communicating, which was strictly against the, quote, camp regulations. So uh, he kept telling them to be quiet. And somewhere around 2 o'clock, <clears throat> he came up and said, Hey, at least tell me who won the Stanley Cup last year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And this voice to the left of us comes up and says, McCain, go to sleep. And that's a friggin' order. <laughs> and I said, who's that? He sounds old. And Ernie says, oh, that's Cag Stockdale. 
So as I'm fond of saying to audiences today, how can a JG in the Navy go wrong when you got Admiral Stocktail to one side of you and John McCain to the other side? Oh, wow. That's about three centuries of naval leadership. Jim, wow. how important was the, uh, you know, the, it was, that's funny, the little Las Vegas. How important was that sense of humor and that camaraderie with the guys in, uh, in helping you all survive, especially emotionally? I think, uh, uh, one of the prisoners of war in Air Force, Lieutenant Colonel, said it best. I don't care who you are or where you've come from. I don't care how tough you are. They will rope you and strap you and inflict such pain. And you will finally succumb and give them what they want. And you'll do it because they would not let you die. And that became uh, a book by uh, Steve Rowan, They Would Not Let You Die, that he went around visiting groups of POWs in 1973 after he came back. And he put together this book. And he, he was so... Tom Stark's quotation was the thing that he used it in the title of his book. But uh, communicating with each other was one of the oils or lubricants that made the engine of resistance go for us in Hanoi. And a good example at Christmas time of that was that because I was captured in Laos, Ernie was captured in Laos too, um, and there were two others of us. So at that time there were only four of us. Um, We did not get, we were separated from the others. They tried to keep the others from communicating and, and failed miserably. But if there's one victory we won in Vietnam, it's the POWs continuing to communicate at no cost. We tapped on the walls. We spoke through the walls. We would cover a cup and put our faces in the cup like it was an oxygen mask, and then we'd speak right through the wall. And that's how I first started speaking to, to John and to Admiral McKean. And for about three months, um, they were my immediate next-door neighbors, but they were constantly moving us around. And because of that, you know, you, you weren't right next door to one person for that long. But Ernie and I were cellmates pretty much the whole time, or, or he was in the next cell to me. Uh, and, uh, and so after uh, three years and four months, you really get to know a person when you live seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We started figuring out I had more time with Ernie Brace than I had with my wife. And we'd only been married two years. <laughs> That's how I feel about this guy, by the way. <laughs> we're we're going to get to the you know Warrior Foundation Freedom Station in a minute. But I, um, I was wondering, I've heard John McCain talk about how he, he has no animosity toward his captors. I mean, he had to let that go. He thought the, you know, the, the anger or whatever would eat him alive. How, how do you, where do you come down on that? Do you hate those guys or do you think they were just doing their job or what? Uh, a, I don't hate them. And B, um, I, I think every prisoner of war probably has a little bit. I can't speak for other prisoners of war, but I can say that uh, living with a guy like Ernie Brace, I knew that there were, there were, Guards that were extremely antagonistic and nasty, and there were guards that didn't have a mean bone in their body. We had this one little short guy. He was probably four foot, six inches. When he sat on a chair, his his sw- his feet would swing on the ground. And he was a nice guy. We thought he was like uh, 20, 22 years old. We found out he was 42 years old and had five kids. Mm. And so um, <clears throat> the, uh, the the guards in the prison system, uh, they they had a purpose. Uh, they told us many times, we cannot beat you in the Tonkin Gulf. We cannot beat you in the skies of Hanoi. But we will beat you in the streets of New York City and San Francisco. So so the wow. propaganda effort was not something that was, you know, a surprise. or something. You knew right from the start that propaganda was a very big thing that the communist North Vietnamese uh, had to use to uh, fuel the fires of the peace movements back here in the United States. And um, so uh, from that standpoint, uh, the war for us was every day, and the ability to communicate with each other was vital. 
And it not only was vital for our, our morale and our ability to resist the enemy, but sooner or later, uh, as Tom Stark said, you'll give them something and then regret it. And the feeling of, I failed the code of conduct. I failed what our high moral standard was. Um, it re- really gets you down. And the communication system gave us the air beneath our wings to again fly the aircraft of resistance. You, you know, Jim, on that theme, because, I mean, uh, guys like us, we can't understand it the way you do, but I get the fact that those other people kept you alive physically, emotionally, um, in terms of your pride, etc. You needed them desperately. And the parallel is pretty obvious to me that when guys in the current day military, whether uh, soldiers, sure. sailors, marines, are hurt physically. They have post-traumatic stress. They have traumatic brain injury. They're rehabbing for months or years that they need something similar. And that's where Warrior Foundation Freedom Station comes in, in a way I'm sure you can appreciate. Absolutely. In fact, uh, one of the things early on when we were founding uh, the Warrior uh, Foundation and conceiving of Freedom Station was the fact that when when you face a life-changing situation, Obviously, becoming a POW changes a military career for anyone, and uh, more so for me maybe than from someone because I was so young. Uh, but the the key is when you face an amputation or you're suffering from traumatic brain injury or the, the post-stress traumatic uh, disorder, you, your life is changing, and what one of the biggest things that I've watched over the last ten years is how a youngster who's eighteen, nineteen years old here here's a guy he's never lived in an apartment. The only place he's ever lived is at home or with the marine barracks, and all of a sudden his whole life's changed because he's lost his leg from the knee down, and he has to adapt to a new thing. Well, what better thing than to have a a close knit environment with fellow marines and and service members who who also are facing these kind of traumatic injuries and going through transition into civilian life with these people where they can relate with one another. So that was one of the founding principles of Warrior Foundation, and it continues to this day. Uh, one of my favorite stories about the early days was the, the Marines were up on the fifth floor on one side and the Army was on the other side, and they had these competitions. And when we decorated the barracks, we had these motion-activated deer, <laughs> and we had two deer by each Christmas tree. Well, the Marines on Saturday night seeing this, who were there, went over to the PX and got a can of tennis balls and a can of, they were bright yellow uh, tennis balls, and a can of maroon paint, red paint, and they painted uh, several of the balls red and the others, and then they uh, um, attached those to the deer, making them <laughs> anatomically correct awesome. on the Marine Corps Christmas tree. Oh, and of course, beautiful. when we came in and saw this, we go, oh my gosh, it's an X-rated Christmas tree. Who would have thunk it? Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> but that's the kind of things that, you know, the... And then the the army guys had to go and get camouflage, camouflage some tennis <laughs> nice. balls. Hey, we'll see your your deer and raise you. <laughs> Beautiful. Awesome. Well, and listen, the only thing that could possibly rival that sort of camaraderie and helping these guys and gals heal is having mom and dad with them oh, at absolutely. Christmas time and little brother and sister and their old friends and what have you. So in addition to Freedom Station, which is wonderful, we want to send guys home for the holidays. It's one of the things we're raising money for. If you can spare $10, times are tight. We 
completely understand that. Thank you a million for that $10 donation. Seriously. You know, if things have been really good for you and, and you realize it's this beautiful country that's helped you get there and you can spare $1,000, $10,000, do it. You will never regret a dime you donate to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. You can do it right now. You can call the number, which the fellows are telling you about in a moment or two, or just go to armstrongandgettyradio.com during the show today. Armstrongandgettyradio.com. You'll see the uh, the banner. It's unmissable. And, and give what you can. Jim, it's a, it's a great pleasure to talk with you again. Always uh, good it, to see you guys. It's Always good to good. see you, too. And thanks a million for what you do. And believe me, from a San Diego standpoint... Uh, I don't get to say that to too many guys that have to work, usually up in San Francisco Bay Area. <laughs> well, yeah, we're all over the state trying to spread the message of uh, reasonableness and sanity. Well, God bless We're you losing, for but we're trying. <laughs> I did I did read the other day something I thought you two guys would be interested in. There's, there's one thing Americans can agree on in the election of 2016. 100% responded in the poll that they agreed with the uh, statement that half of the United States had lost their minds. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah, Jim Benninger, thank you, sir. So we'll do a total when we come back to see where we are. We're trying to hit 300000 by the end of the show today. $300,000, that's a lot of money. Um, and uh, some more on that. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. know what happened right and i don't think it's helpful for us to debate if it was trump's dentures that came loose or if it was his dentures becoming misaligned or some other denture related issue that's not the point we may never know the truth okay the truth sorry but the important thing the important thing is we have to give the man some dignity so please stop tweeting denture donald i beg you please yeah well Whatever. Can't we all join together? Republicans, Democrats, independents, libertarians, communists, and agree? When the president has his dentures get loose, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Kind of funny. Yeah. Come on now. Aren't we all Americans enough to agree? It's kind of funny. It is. And it's and it's something you gotta comment on. Sure. To Obama. Clearly sneaking cigarettes so his wife wouldn't see him. That's funny. That's <laughs> oh, funny. yeah. A <laughs> uh, couple of things. So talking with a guy who was a prisoner of war for many years in Vietnam with John McCain, that's interesting. And we just did that. I'd say, what a what a lovable I love Jim. What a yeah. gentleman. Yeah. Interesting oh, my stuff. God. He's and, way uh, nicer to us than he ought to be. And 23 years old. Yeah. And just, it's, it's something. Um, I toured the uh, Midway Museum yesterday. That's an aircraft carrier mm-hmm. station in San Diego for people who don't know. Yeah, I've walked by it a million times. I haven't and, stopped. I'm and an it, idiot. It's it's something. I mean, it's got a, an unbelievable amount of history uh, behind it. I mean, it, it started in World War II, and it was the aircraft carrier that everybody escaped from Vietnam onto when uh, when that whole thing finally ended. 
poorly. That's right. Um, all those helicopters leaving the embassy, et yeah, cetera, they headed were, for the Midway. They were landed on wow. the Midway. I'll be damned. And uh, the Midway is where we launched everything from, it was the main launching platform for Gulf War One in the Persian Gulf. I mean, it's got an unbelievable history. Wow. And it's got all the planes, all the fighter planes throughout history on, on there. You can walk around, look at and helicopters and stuff like that. And it's just amazing. But one of the things that really got my attention touring that thing is it, it's... It carried more people than my hometown. Forty five hundred people. Wow. Hanging out on that thing. Wow. When it was uh, in service. Um and I forget what percentage they said eighty percent, I think it was, of the people were nineteen years old. Wow. Nineteen. Wow. God, the people who fight our wars when when you're when we're really in it's they're 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 you know, when you are nineteen, you don't think you're so young. But uh trust me when you get older, nineteen yeah. is really young. Yeah, yeah. Boy, and you picture those 4,500 young men with the torpedoes coming in or the kamikazes toward the end of WW2 or whatever. That's a hell of a lot of human beings who are out there on the ocean, you know, doing our nation's work. You know what? Uh, an old, at, at great risk. Uh, it's interesting. So on the on the Midway, it's a, it's, a, it's a national museum now. They get a million visitors a year. Um, and I got to take my kids because it's so dang cool walking around an aircraft carrier. But... Uh, they got a whole bunch of guys that, uh, uh, veterans, old guys walking around and they can answer questions because they've, they've, they're, they're former pilots fighting in wars and, uh, 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 you know, Navy guys and all this sort of stuff. It's really interesting. But anyway, I was talking to one old guy and he was talking about landing planes on aircraft carriers in the dark and, and, and this sort of stuff. But he said, um, he said the 19 year old that would be guiding me in to land my plane in the dark, he said that kid, his mom laid out his clothes for him. He'd never had any difficulties in his entire life. And how was he able to do that job? Because we gave him responsibility. You don't you don't turn into a different person just by joining the military, but you turn into a different person by being given responsibility. You just grow up fast. You grow into the job. And he said, anybody can do that. We need to give young people more responsibility at an earlier age yeah. instead of continuing to treat them like kids, in which case they will never grow up. I right. thought that was interesting. He obviously you know, was throwing on some political commentary asides in addition to showing me around the boat. Sure, but, sure. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. You know, that's funny. I just We were sent by one of our beloved listeners a quote from Walt Disney that I could probably click up, but I'll just characterize it. He, he was saying, it, it does children no good to shelter them for too long from the idea of good and bad in the world. Good people, bad people. Uh, heroes and villains, and uh, and and he says they're much stronger than we give them credit for. Now I'm not gonna, you know, unleash the horrors of the world on a seven year old, but um, yeah, yeah, just well, we've become a very, very comfortable society in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it won't stay that way. That's another thing I was thinking about walking around, looking at all that, all those, all that stuff designed to kill people. Everything, the boat, the planes, the guns, everything is all designed for one person, for one reason, to kill people right. that are that are the bad guys, you know, the the other side. And we'll be fully in it again at some point. It's just the history of the world. Right, right. As horrifying as that notion is, yeah, it's, it's beyond doubt. And we're going to have more people that are going to need places like Warrior Foundation, Freedom Station. You should give money at armstrongandgettyradio.com. I know what I want to do, an update. Where are we? Drum roll, please. On our goal of trying to hit $300,000 by the end of the show. Where are we, Sean? $268,442. I said dollars way too early again. (laughs) All right. You're bad at that. Bad. Hey, listen. Do you have an active duty family member right now? Give whatever you can in their name. Or a veteran. Or a dearly departed vet. 
10, 20, 50, $100, 500, whatever you can spare. Please give as generously as you can. And, and you know, how many times in the last year, for instance, last five years, have you heard somebody say diversity is our greatest strength? Well, around here, our belief is that unity is our greatest strength. Certainly not anti-diversity. I like all sorts of people. Unity is our greatest strength. And when that test comes that Jack was talking about, when we're all in again and we have a bunch of 19-year-olds taking on responsibility on an aircraft character, our unity is going to be what helps us survive and win. Or the lack of it will be our death. So, pitch in. Armstrongandgettyradio.com as much as you can. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we may be getting a bit of a break in the battle against the raging Southern California wildfires. Good. North Korea, war with the U.S., not a matter of if, but when. Shut up, fathead. And competition about to drastically bring down prices for the little blue pill. Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Giddy. Good thing, because I take like five a day. Um, uh, that explains. Mm, yep. Trump is headed to the border of Alabama to campaign for Roy yep. Moore. Here. You can talk about that on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, Sean, interviewing a guy who was a POW with McCain. That was pretty good stuff, huh? That was awesome. I, I, yeah. as, as you guys know, my grandfather was a POW. I, I love hearing the stories of other guys and how how there's so many similarities between the ways that they talk about the experience. I had a, an experience with my grandfather where he talked about when he learned to forgive his captors and shared a story of when he was uh, on the golf course and uh, playing behind a, a group and they were all speaking Japanese. And uh, he, he knew the language because he, he spent there, spent some time there, uh, started conversing with them. And they said, how do you speak Japanese? He said, well, I was a visitor of your country for several years. They kind of hmm. put the they put two and two together. They began to like bow and say, I'm sorry. He said, no, no, no. You guys don't owe me any apologies. That wasn't you. Um, but yeah, it, it, that was a I really enjoyed listening to that. That was beautiful. yeah, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. I can't imagine what that process is like. No. But. Um, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the latest wildfire concern in Southern California is in northern San Diego County, where a fire erupted Thursday, quickly burned dozens of homes, spread over more than six square miles, and pushed to the west. But there could be a bit of a break in the battle against the raging fires. National Weather Service says there'll be a resurgence of winds after daybreak, but they will be less widespread. So cross your fingers on that one. About 200 miles north, the nation's or the region's biggest fire, the Thomas Fire in Ventura County, that keeps growing. As of this morning, it's burned more than 132,000 acres. It is 10% contained. It has destroyed more than 400 homes and businesses. Yikes. On another note, President Trump's going to be in Pensacola, Florida tonight for a campaign-style rally coming just four days before Alabama holds its controversial special U.S. Senate election. Trump. Which, if you don't know the map, is basically on the border of Alabama. Mm-hmm. So he must have made the ca- calculation that it'd be too much to show up in Alabama. The news would all talk yeah. about how I went to Alabama and campaigned for him. So I'm going to be right there on the border. Um, With my banjo on my knee. Don't you think? I mean, it doesn't make any sense that you show up <laughs> in Florida on the border. That sounds just crazy. That's just uh, silly, ca- isn't it? To campaign for a guy that most of America, including Republicans, thinks is a, a child predator. Right. 
Yeah, this this whole thing is troubling. And a good chunk of America thinks it's better to have the child predator and have the vote than to not have him. Right. Which is an interesting uh, cynical political calculation. Or do a lot of Republicans think that he'll get booted out? Because he's going to win. I'm pretty sure he's going to win. Oh, yeah, at this point, yeah. I mean, Alabama's as red as red can be. But um, but will he get booted out? What do you think about that? uh, No. I don't think you he don't will. think he will. No, I'm, I think hmm. I think like the Democrats are hoping to do, he will be the hood ornament for Republicans for as long right. as uh, the foreseeable future, which sucks. I mean, right? Because so, yeah, what do you do? Well, if you're reasonably familiar with the way people get forced out of Congress or the Senate, like we were talking about Al Franken, the leadership came to him and said, "Listen, your uh, your uh, office is going to be a stall in the toilet." You're going to get no campaign money. No bill of yours will ever reach the floor. You will be on the, you know, janitorial committee and none others. We will, uh, you will get, you will have nothing. And he thought, well, what's the point of that? They forced him out. They go, if uh, Mitch McConnell goes and says that to old, uh, what's his name? Uh, the chicken hawk, allegedly, Roy Moore, the rootinest, tootinest candidate in Alabama. Uh, uh, Moore's going to say F you. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I'm still a U.S. I'm senator. Tell everybody what you just said to me right now. Yeah, North Korea's foreign ministry is saying military drills by the U.S. and South Korea have made war on the Korean Peninsula an established fact. The North Korean spokesman blamed confrontational warmongering remarks by U.S. officials for pushing the countries to the brink of war. As you know, my girlfriend, that lady in the pink who always comes out and bellows at us. Do we have any tape of her? Oh, man, she's, I don't know, I just, I admire her strength. I like strong women. She is strong, I'll tell you that. But so she, uh, allegedly, she was brought out of retirement. Yes. To bellow uh, belligerently at us. I got to think that old gal is is just thinking, can I just go into the North Korean uh, countryside, please, and quit doing my bellowing in my pink gown thing? Because sooner or later, I'm going to bellow it wrong, and Fathead's going to have me shot with their anti-aircraft guns or something. Can I please just be like Dan Rather and go do a podcast? God, with all the dang stuff yeah. going on in the world, with the Middle East and this and that and the Russians and that, and our own domestic politics, you still got that North Korea thing hanging out there, oh, which yeah. is not a minor deal. In the meantime, the U.S. is saying they might have a new weapon to stop North Korean missiles. According to reports, the military is developing a weapon that uses microwave technology to destroy an enemy's electronic systems. Mm. The weapon is called the Counter Electronics High Power Microwave Advanced Missile Project, or CHAMP for short. And apparently it could be used soon. Some have said the weapon could be ready for use in just a few days. So this is the word going around. Now, is it real or is it just, you know, a way to try and scare off the North Koreans? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. The whole shooting a bullet with another bullet right. trying to knock these uh, ICBMs out of the air is obviously, that's a hell of a task. And it does make sense that, wait a minute, what can we just somehow ruin their control mechanisms? Yeah, I like the uh, the attack we're taking. Another example. Of course, why would I know about this? Right. Why would all of us know right. about this? That's interesting. Another example of the beauty of competition. Cheaper, generic versions of the drug Viagra will be on pharmacy shelves as soon as Monday. That's when the patent protection monopoly for the erectile dysfunction drug expires. The brand name Pfizer drug costs as much as 65 bucks a pill. Users can expect the price to drop up to 90% as of Monday. And that'll be something you can just buy. It's just there on the shelf? 
I still think you're probably going to need a prescription for that. Huh. But I, I you sixty-five know. bucks a pill—that's what they cost. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot. Boy, that, you're going to see the streets just abandoned at your America's <laughs> retirement communities. There's going to be nobody out. The golf courses are empty. <laughs> no more blowing my paycheck. Uh, that's true. Sixty-five bucks a pill. I mean, for a lot of people, that would be a uh, boy. Should we deny it or not? I don't know. How about we wait till after I get paid on Monday? Yeah, yeah. It's unfair. It's wrong. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Hmm. Stand up, America. Got a bit of a dilemma. Somebody dropped a violin by the radio station. Oh, that's not a dilemma. That's an opportunity. I could play the fiddle and attempt to force you all to donate to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. I'd be delighted to sing along. I'm not looking forward to it. Mm. (laughs) And neither should you be, Mm. by the way. (laughs) Come up with a mini goal. We've also got another good one uh, for a little bit later in the show. Jack will put the vial back in violin. (laughs) Coming up. I fired a a warning shot across our Facebook page about kind of what I'm going to be doing for for swinging my stick later, and uh, I think people are already responding. Oh, awesome. Here's a hint. Picture a solid five minutes on Wookiees (laughs) alone from just Sean. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. denied any wrongdoing, saying, quote, this simply did not happen. I have never forcibly grabbed any woman or man in my life. I will now be bringing legal action against the reporter who has made these false claims about me, as well as Morgan Stanley, for improper termination. Can you fill me on on what's going on there, Sean? We're just getting little bits of that. What is what is this story here? Uh, I that that's about as much as I know too. I don't know too much beyond what. Okay, what we've I, heard. okay, I, okay. We're starting. I'm starting completely from scratch here. I got the sense that Mika Brzezinski's talking about somebody who got in trouble. Who got in trouble? Does anybody know this story? Harold I, Ford Jr. Okay. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. So Harold Ford Jr., who's a regular member of the Morning Joe crew, just like Mark Halperin was, got caught up in some sexual harassment thing. Yeah, he, uh, the, let's see, uh, the investment bank. If Morgan you don't know, Stanley, you can just say you don't know. No, I'm, I'm reading the article here. Oh, okay. The investment bank Morgan Stanley said Thursday it had severed ties with former rep, uh, citing an accusation of misconduct. Wow. Okay. So two of the, two of the regulars, I mean, like every day on the most powerful, uh, morning show in, uh, cable news, maybe in all of news, uh, morning Joe, uh, have gone down during this, whatever you want to call this period of time we're living through yeah the uh it's got to be a little weird for them the windstorm of anti-sexual harassment i'll have to work on the name it it's does not... it almost it deserves a name because we're going through an interesting thing here yeah um i mean we've lost three politicians in a couple of days um media people dropping like flies obviously so you got this powerful cable morning show and the, the reason it's powerful is not it gets decent ratings, but it's powerful because all the D.C. heavyweights care about it. 
Uh, that's why it's so powerful, this, this, this morning show on MSNBC, Morning Joe. But there's usually the hosts who are now getting married. Uh, Joe Scarborough and Mika <laughs> Brzezinski, who were married to other people, are now marrying each other. But they, they sit around with uh, some people, and two of the people that they sit around with every single day are now gone. Right. Do the sex stuff. It's and, a sexy, sexy stat. And they got to be thinking, uh, are they looking at the other people that are still there? Hey, Willie Geist, are you showing it to somebody? or yeah. what? Or should we just hire a replacement now? Or? Yeah, that's, wow. That's that's something. something. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you never know. That's a, uh, Geraldo Rivera got killed the other day for saying that, hey, the news is a flirty business. Got a bunch of aggressive young go getters. Everybody's good looking. It's, there's a lot of that stuff in this business. Oh, Geraldo, how dare you? Blah, 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 blah. And I find Geraldo ridiculous at times, but yeah, I don't know. Well, it's a different time. We do need a new name, though. If it's a musical trend, we'd have it. We call it New Wave or Grunge or something like that. What do we call this? Keep your hands to yourself. I don't know. Yeah, well, a lot of industries, any industry where you have a lot of young people, you got a lot of dating and and, and hooking up going on. Sure. And Falling um, in and out of love. Well, or just, you know, things go a certain direction at the bar after work. Might be no love involved. Um, love in, perhaps. And, uh, so, yeah, I don't know what you do with that. Of course, there aren't that many people that are getting in trouble. Well, few are. Glenn Thrush is still not writing for the New York Times, as far as I can tell. That's stupid. Isn't, has anything new come out? Didn't he just go out for drinks with a coworker? They smooched a little and went yeah. home? Yeah. And then she was worried the next day that he told some people, okay, well, there's every workplace in America. Right. And then after And some- she was his supervisor, right? Uh, or yeah. above him on the yeah. food chain somehow yeah. or other? Yeah, yeah, so it's not yeah. even one of those. Okay, that's witch hunty. Come on. Yeah, and he got suspended. And he's the White House reporter for the New York Times. Big deal. And uh, he got suspended and still hasn't come back, as far as I can tell. So, yeah, I don't know. we got to figure this out. we got to figure this out. Meanwhile, so the president seems to uh, weather the storm. Uh, yeah, thus far. Yeah, in spite of the efforts of some. Uh, but uh, something tells me we haven't heard the last of this. And I think, you know, as long as we don't go crazy, uh, it'll all come out in a good place where women are treated with more respect, you know, in the workplace and in general. Although and um, men are scared of their own shadow. Well, right, right. Um, the Al Franken thing worries me. I've been reading a fair amount about it and some of the speeches given by various Democrats about why he wanted to be forced out. And the one indisputable point that I think everybody ought to uh, ought to keep in mind, a woman by the name of Ruth Marcus uh, wrote about this in the Washington Post, and the WAPO editorial board makes me crazy. I mean, they're, the people on that board who aren't liberals are communists, with the exception of George Will and, and, and one other dude. But anyway... Um, the one point she made that is indisputable is nobody, I was going to say nobody knows, nobody's within five miles of knowing what the facts are. Doesn't that give you a pause? How many of these women are sincere? What did he actually do? How many of them made it up? How many of them were consensual or something like that? You're never going to nail it all down, and if there's a pattern of being a perv, that's probably enough. I get that. I get you don't want to put on women the need to prove everything with, you know, CSI-style evidence, because it'll never happen. On the other hand, ain't nobody has any idea how legitimate these various claims are. Well, I'll ask you this. Yeah. Do you think Al Franken is fairly pervy? 
I do. I think he was uh, over-the-top, entitled, rude. I think he kissed women without their permission, sometimes grabbed her butts. I yeah. don't know if that should be, you don't get to be a senator stuff. That should be up to the people of Minnesota. Well, right, yeah, and I'm making an inference. I mean, I'm fairly confident in my conclusion, but I don't have evidence per se. And I, I think you at least ought to have some, at least decent, shared view of the facts before you boot a guy out of the United States Senate. Otherwise, I mean, and listen, I think Al Franken is a punk, and I think he's wrong about everything. I think he's a weasel. I don't think he's very funny. There's nothing <laughs> I like. I had lunch with him once, and he was a miserable human being. I could not dislike Al Franken more. But, unless he grabbed my wife's ass, then I'd punch him in the face. But anyway. um, He showed up to lunch in sweats, too. Yeah, yeah. Actual sweats, like drawstring, not like a Nike logo, just old Navy sweats. <laughs> but so anyway, if the bar is that low for booting a guy out of the Senate, I just worry. Because, you know, the mob, the howling mob, the angry mob, it, 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 it always wants blood. And Franken today, who's next? If the bar is that low, it just worries me. Well, he... Yeah, it's it's hard to be on the side of wanting to support him for anything. Oh, I hear you. But when he said yesterday, I can't miss the irony of, in my party, almost everybody says I have to leave, but in the other party, they're going to elect you a senator where there's a hell of a lot more stuff going on. Mm -hmm. That is pretty strange. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's obvious to everybody, and and doing a bunch of reading over the last 24 hours, there are a handful of women, uh, Democrat women senators, I think, who are honestly saying, I'm not going to work with that a-hole. If he's the sort of guy who does that, I don't even want to look at him. And, you know, I, I will accept their sincerity. On the other hand, everybody knows that if they're going to hang Roy Moore around the Republicans' necks, Al Franken has to go. So it doesn't matter if, like, one of these accusers is legit and everybody was drunk and nobody took any offense. and That that doesn't matter. Al Franken has to go. Hey, here's the key thing to know. I don't know how to play the violin. Oh, no. And I'm going to play the violin to reach a certain goal for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station coming up. Oh, no. That is uh, next. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.